From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 197, and today I am joined by Paul Sun Young Lee, who you all know from Kim's Convenience, and more recently, The Mandalorian. Also joining us is the lovely Marilla Wex, who you know from The Beaverton. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down via isolation to watch The Karate Kid. I'm Jeremy, and I am almost entirely sure I have not seen this film. <laughs> You've seen bits of it, I bet I don't- you. I know little, like, I'm, I know, like, this is wax on, wax off, right? <sighs> <laughs> so, I haven't, I've not seen it. I just know that I've seen okay, it. Okay, let's do the, oh, just, like, do, oh, do right. the intro, intro. Before you mock me, let's do the proper <laughs> introduction. <laughs> wax on, wax off. Sorry. So I'm here with, we'll do Paul, you first. No, no, no. No, please. So. You, oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm Paul Sun Young Lee. Uh, I have seen this movie a bunch of times. This, this happens to me a lot whenever I'm on Jeremy's show. Um, the podcast is I've, I've seen these movies. This is a movie I love. It inspired me when I was a kid. Um, it was one of the first examples of positive Asian representation. Um, and as I've gotten older, people are calling me Mr. Miyagi now, um, including Carl Weathers. <laughs> so oh. that's, that's, there's a story behind that. We'll get to the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an actor. And um, I'm a film nerd. And Have you I, ever I, done the podcast as the Virgin, Paul? No, we have no. to fix that. So we I have to fix that. that. I don't yeah. think that's actually possible. <laughs> I'd be surprised. I've, I've had ones that Norm Wilner hasn't seen. So, Come oh, on. well then, that's those uh, are great ones. All right, and la- and and third, we have the lovely. Hello, my name's Marilla Wex. I'm a voice actor. Most recently, you will have heard me doing big farts in uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> and you have not seen the movie, right? I have not seen this movie. And wow. my kid got all excited because she's like, great, do we get to watch it? I'm like, yes, you do. She's 25. It's, she's not 10. <laughs> my son is also going to watch with me. because Nice. Cool. Hey, there he is in the corner. How's he doing? Good. Paul says hi. He's a, he's very excited. He's he's doing his own. He's you know this kid. He's got his yeah. own little laptop over there. He's yeah, he's yeah. waiting. He's like I'm ready when you are. Right. And uh, uh, happy belated birthday to you. Thanks, sir. Lordy, lordy, look who's forty. I know. Look at that. Another spin around the sun. Really old. <clears throat> We've almost circled. Everyone's had their COVID birthday now. We can. Yeah. <laughs> I had. I fifty was boring to having COVID. I'm gonna do a redo. everyone's gonna have to do a redo i I was like i at least had the lead up to know i wasn't gonna be able to do anything like overly special with a big group of people so i was very okay with it i watched samurai movies i had good food 
and hung out with my family. It was good times. That, that was my win. day. That's yeah. a win. That's perfect. I don't yeah, care for be- birthdays as much anymore, especially my own. Uh, for my kids and everybody else, that's great. But for me, it's just like, uh, it, it doesn't feel like a special day um, for me. I, I'm just sort of like, yeah, no, it's it's another day, which is great. I mean, I'll take advantage of people going, oh, it's your birthday. Let me do something special for you. Yeah, but, that's um, nice. Or if, yeah. if I, if I want to get something done, it's like, well, it's my birthday. You guys have to get along. Like, <laughs> you get, it's, it's, it's a free it's pass. Leverage. Exactly. Hey, you're free, you get your free Starbucks drink and, uh, and, uh, and a go get a jail free card. There you go. So uh, you mocked me about the wax on, wax off. I think this is the wax on, wax off, right? Oh, God, no, I'm not mocking you. It's just to hear this movie reduced to that. Like, <laughs> this is the wax on, wax off movie, right? And you like, know why I know that? Because they, they made a bad joke of it in one of the Ninja Turtle movies. Yeah. It's low-hanging fruit, though, dude. No, I know it is. But that's, <laughs> but that's the one thing that I'm like, I know that that's one of the things that's in this movie. I, I and, didn't even know that, so you alert. on me, <laughs> I wasn't trying to say that this was like, that was like the culmination of this. Like, obviously, this is the thing that now, you know, right now, this is like spawned one of the most talked about series currently on Netflix, the Cobra Kai series. Right. Uh, which is one of the reasons I'm like, oh, thank God it's on, because I've been wanting to watch it my entire life. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get 10 minutes into this and be like, oh, I've seen, maybe I saw this when I was, re- like, what year is this, Paul? What year 19, is this 1984. So I would have been three when it first came out. Jeez. Um, God damn it. And <laughs> so I would have caught it later on on video. Maybe if, yes. if I caught it all, it would have been in rental in a rental store, which is probably why I missed it, because it's just right before me. And I remember, like, was it, was it the Karate Kid Part 2? or There's the next Karate Kid, but that's later, right? Yeah, they no the next. Oh my God, that's so it's Karate Kid two where they continue on and it, they go to Okinawa. Okay, Karate Kid three, which was once you see the first movie, it's like the the guy that runs the dojo, Cobra Kai. It's it's kind of like it goes back, circles back to him, the fallout from him losing, uh, in the first Karate Kid movie or his dojo getting disgraced, and then the next Karate Kid, which is years later, was just. Pretty much, I, I haven't seen it, but it felt like a money grab. Okay. Just, That's like, what really, I thought. Yeah, you're going back to the well one more time with this, huh? This isn't the Rocky series. It this is like, <laughs> let's go, come on. Um, and so I will admit, I did not, I did not watch it just because I just felt like ugh, it, it was just beating a dead horse. So here's a question then: as as a nerd who wants to watch Cobra Kai, so I can be part of the pop culture spectrum. I, I assume I should watch all of the three original movies before I jump into Cobra Kai. You you don't really need to. You, okay. If you, you watch get, the first one, for sure, for sure you need the. If you watch the first Karate Kid, uh, great Karate Kid two because they are bringing back characters from Karate Kid two uh, into the third season of Cobra Kai, which I haven't seen yet. Um, that's great background for that. If you really want to do the deep cuts, by all means, go to Karate Kid three. I think. But, it's only the first one and the next Karate Kid that are currently on Netflix. So, <clears throat> I'm, but I, I'll look and see if I can find them. I'm a completionist, so I'm sure I'll go through. Yeah, it. they're on. They were actually they had a Karate Kid sort of. Um, uh, they they started cycling through the series on uh, the Hollywood Sweet channels mm-hmm. like just, just recently, actually, about okay. maybe two weeks ago. And I remember because I started watching Karate Kid three. And kind of groaning and rolling my eyes, going, "Oh, why am I putting myself through this?" Um, <laughs> oh, spoiler alert! Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it takes it takes a dive down. So, Marilla, what do you know about the Karate Kid? 
Um, I know there's a a, a kid and a, <laughs> and a smart Asian guy, and I was 14 and probably was like, mm, that's for kids, that's for little kids when this came out. So that was probably my attitude and why I didn't see it at the movies, and then obviously just completely missed it. That's all, all I know is there's a kid and, and a smart Asian guy who teaches him. That's all I know. And there's probably karate, I'm going to guess. It's pronounced karate. Sorry. Um, <laughs> is, that like when I, is that like when I went into Long and McQuaid and asked for a tuna for my ukulele? <laughs> this very old white man said, um, it's pronounced ukulele. Oh, my God. And I was like, cool, cool. Can I, can I buy a tuna? That- Just shoot me. Sorry, there's going to be some karate in the movie. That's a that's a joke actually from uh, Arrested Development that I I loved because it was just uh, it was uh, uh, Frankie Muniz's um, Malcolm's older brother, not his not Francis, but the the next the next older up. I can't remember his name, but he was all like karate karate, and and in all seriousness, he goes, "It's pronounced karate," Um, (laughs) and I just loved. The irony and like just how snobby he was about it, even though he knew nothing about it. Uh, and so every time I hear somebody say karate, I go, it's a karate. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I saw the movie when I was I, in the theaters. So that, that's how far back it went. And it was because Daniel LaRusso or the Ralph Macchio character, he's in high school. So he was older. So for me, it didn't feel like a kid's movie. Right. It was like a teenager, like young adult kind of movie. And he was good. He was in high school. So for me, he was an adult. You know, when you're 12 and anybody in high school is kind of like, oh, well, they're, they're big. They're older. Right. So they're um, but I was inspired by it. Like that movie, it's it's a really great kind of a sports movie, but it's also got a little bit of romance in it. Um, there's some really great develop character development in it. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just it's got a kick ass soundtrack as well. And uh, the action, like they're relatable characters. It's still there are bits of it because it's shot in the 80s where you kind of go, yeah. <clears throat> it's a oh, bit anything from the 80s, my bar is so low going into it if I haven't seen it, even if I'm re-watching. So it's right. like, if it's, a, if it's above like trash, I'll love it. But do you mean from like a social, a social perspective, Paul? Yeah. Are there some creepy like racial stuff in it? There is for sure. Um, and just some of the... It's just some of the relationship stuff because Daniel's got a crush on this girl. And so some of the dating stuff. But what I love about it as well is um, there's a lot of heart to the movie. And I think that's something that really comes, that, that transcends the time period. Uh, and you'll notice that there is a tremendous amount of heart in this movie. And the characters go deeper than you, than you would expect them to. You know, with the title of a movie called Karate Kid. Uh, there actually is quite a bit of heart to it. So it, it, it's about fitting in and trying to find your place. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. For, for me, there's two different kinds of outdated movies. There's the movies that make jokes that shouldn't have made it even then. And then the <laughs> movies that it's like, yeah, now in hindsight, we don't make jokes like that anymore or comments yeah. like that because we didn't know any better. But now it's like, no, we should, never should have made that joke. Even <laughs> then we should have thought better so uh, i i look forward i look forward to any of that and my son is a, is a good barometer for watching his face go Ooh. <laughs> cool. he's 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 of the woke generation yeah they did that back then survived yeah all right so uh without further ado let's let's dive in all right let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat so we just finished. Uh, fuck. I, 
I don't know how I misspent my youth. I don't know what. How did I was, you miss that? I don't know what I was doing that was better than that movie. Uh, but right? God, right? that's the best movie from the '80s I never saw. Seriously, there was hardly any ickiness. I was really surprised. <laughs> Apart from like, the guy, the beer, the beer, like yeah, the beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the but besides the very Aryan uh, Cobra Kai clan. Oh, God. please! I want. Please tell me, Mister Miyagi kicks his ass in Karate Kid too. Yeah, you got to watch it. Yeah, so the okay. the, the very beginning of the movie is a continu- direct continuation of the end of Karate Kid. Because it finished, and I was like, "What? I want another ten minutes of just like just just Schadenfreude." Oh, so so just without spoiling anything, uh, yeah. like. Two is worth watching. Three, not so much. Yeah, I mean, two is it. It, it goes off in a different direction because it's more Miyagi focused, which uh, I'm okay with. Oh, I'm yeah. down with that. <laughs> and um, you know, it, it's not the, it's not a fully authentic sort of uh, um, portrayal of Okinawa. I mean, and that's basically what happens is they go to Okinawa, uh, Miyagi's old uh, village where he grew up, basically. And uh, there, there's, there's a personal issue that happens there, and he's got to sort of go back to face some old demons from his past. Um, and you learn more about Miyagi's sort of history and why he, he left Okinawa. And, of course, Daniel tags along. Um, and so some of the portrayal of what, what I've been reading about, um, especially with, uh, 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 what's her name, Timiko, um, the, the lead actress in, in uh, Karate Kid 2, uh, she's back for Cobra Kai season three, I think. They bring her back. And um, Tamlin Tamita, jeez, I can't believe I can't. Kumiko was her character's name. Uh, Tamlin Tamita, she, she, because she, the only way she would come back to do Cobra Kai season three was if they addressed certain things that were uh, not fully authentic in, in Karate Kid 2. She just wanted to make sure that, you know, cool. stuff that we did in the 80s and 90s. And it wasn't. Gets fixed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good, Good so for she, her. Yeah, and she felt like she had more of a voice and more agency to sort of speak up about this. Um, and so that, I think that was, that's, that's a really cool thing. Uh, having not seen uh, Cobra Kai season three yet, uh, I can't really comment any of that any further, but that is a story that I read. Great. Well, I, will, I, I just, I'm, I'm blown away by every aspect of this movie. Uh, Marilla, um, I'll, I'll let you go. I, I just want to say, point of order, Paul, you did not tell me this was a crying movie. <laughs> He said it was touching. touching. Yeah, did not say it was a crying movie. Fully cried in front of my 25-year-old, so cheers for that. What part? Well, Mr. Miyagi, drunk. That was the bit that got me. I was looking, I was just looking at some trivia while I was watching. Apparently, the the producers, (sighs) the studio wanted that scene cut. Shut up. Because they said it was a pacing issue. Uh, Slowed down the movie too much. Yeah, and the director was like, that's the reason he got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Oh my god, that was almost my favorite bit. That was like it was well, so beautiful. Here's the thing: without that scene, you don't get the sequel that's Miyagi focused, right? Because without that scene, he's just like kind of the funny, quirky teacher, and yeah. He, and you lose that layer of depth to him. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And and the um, the uh, Paul, you probably know this because you're a nerd. Uh, the uh, the regiment he was in or the, or the company he was in in the American army was apparently the most highly decorated, uh, army unit, army unit during world war two. Yeah. The 442nd, uh, fighting Nisei. They're all, uh, Japanese Americans basically who fought under the American flag. They were Americans. 
uh, and they all volunteered in, in the internment camps that they were placed in by their own government for being a threat. Right. Uh, and they formed their own regiment and they fought in Europe. And that's, it's a very, it, it's not a widely known fact, but they, they were absolutely right. They, they were the most highly decorated unit uh, during the Second World War. But I love that you don't, like, they don't point that out in the movie. Nobody tells you that. You have to, like, look that up. Yeah, and he's got, that's the Medal of Honor that yeah. he has, that blue ribbon. Yeah. That's the highest award you can get uh, in the military in the United States. And, um, yeah, and you're absolutely right. You know, uh, when, when you talk about how without that scene, he is just that mystical Asian. He's still great. He's still right? a great but, teacher. But that's fine. But it humanizes him in such a way that really could get. And I could see why the producers of the time wanted to get rid of that. It's filler. We don't need to know about his character. We don't well, need it's, to. It's if all it's about the teens. It's like, well, this yeah. is a bit mushy and a bit kind of old people stuff, but it's so great. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, like, like my, Ephraim, my son, more, he was like, oh, shit. Like, when he find, like, he's like, so he lost his son and his wife on the same day? I was like, hey, he's like, that's harsh. <laughs> so it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And just the fact that, you know, Daniel covers, like, puts him to bed, covers him up. And then when he bowed, that's when I cried. I was like, mm, okay, cool. Cool. We're crying okay. now. Yeah. Very good. Great. Yeah. There's, I don't even know where to go. It's just, uh, apparently he's still, the producers actually gave him that car as a, as a rap Shut gift. Up. And he still, and he still has it. Best rap get, gift ever. Yeah, that's pretty good. It probably drove like shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my husband's like, great car. Shame I don't drive shift. <laughs> He'd be kangarooing up the road like Daniel. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want, so we, we kind of mentioned like the, the icky, like, Given that it's like early '80s, I was really—I mean, here's the thing: I've—I have a lifelong crush on Elizabeth Shue. So, oh god, me too. So as soon as I—I I didn't know she was in the movie. So as soon as I saw her name, I was like, oh, thank you. It was ba- <laughs> but, but ba- baby, baby, chubby Elizabeth Shue was—it she was just so delicious, and all the—it made me want to cut the sleeves off a hoodie, like the thing she was wearing on the soccer field. I'm like, oh my god, so adorable. Yeah. No. Uh, so I was really excited with that, but I love how like she's defending him in a way where it's like, she's not like, she is not the shrieking violet by any means in this. Like she gives as good as she gets from the get go. You know, she's not playing the girl. She's playing like a kick-ass character that was just, you could root for in a way that you rooted for him. Like I was really just, I loved how they dealt with her character. She was. I loved how she jumped in with the translation part. That was great. I peed my pants. I was like, "Yes, she's totally in on this. This is amazing." And also, all the stuff with Johnny, where he's just manhandling her, and she's like, "No, I said no." And then she just punches him in the face, and I was like, "Yes." Yeah. Yeah. She's having none of it from the. Well, even no, like none of it. But even little moments, like after like one of the moments in the soccer field, she runs back and she basically kicked like pokes him and kicks him and turns around and she's like what and like she it, it, like just little moments like that is like you are my favorite human being it felt uh, to me like a lot of it was was uh improvised the, the dialogue was beautifully loose it, it didn't feel like scripted at all he is so he was 22 when they shot this which was he looks like a baby but just like a baby he is so fucking charming and interesting it makes me shocked that he didn't blow up more He's but so he did. easy. He did. Like at the time, I remember growing up, like my, my sister, my older sister had a huge crush on him. 
And he was like, he was a heartthrob because he had done The Outsiders. Yeah. He'd been, you know, in all these big movies. And then really with Karate Kid, that's what sort of blew it up. And then my cousin Vinny later on, like years later. Yeah, yeah. He, he was always sort of in the mix there. Now, he wasn't like Patrick Swayze. But that's just that, like, he, but he should like, have been. Like, he just has that layer of charisma that it just, it shocks me that he didn't have a, just a bigger, he still worked through it and he's still and he's yeah. in Cobra Kai now. But it's like, he, it's just the kind of thing where I'm watching him. I'm like, you have got it all. Like, you're, you're charming. You've got delivery. I think uh, one of the reasons was because he looks like a baby. Yeah. He looks yep. like a child. And well, so DiCaprio, DiCaprio only yeah, but, until recently stopped looking like he was 20. <laughs> True <laughs> enough. But I mean, even then, DiCaprio yeah. and Machio, you put them side by side and Machio still looks like a child. Like it's one of those things like at the time at their peak, Machio, he, st- he stayed in that like 12 to 15 year bracket <laughs> for like 20 years it seemed he just played that age range. Um, and that, you know, during a time where it was difficult to find mature, younger actors, yeah. pull off the gravitas who could be that charming and that effort, effortless and that believable, but just, I mean, that was his sort of thing. Even his physicality at the end, mm. like he's not the, like, he's like Luke at the end of the first star Wars. He's, like he's not he's fully fucking broken. He's not, he's broken. He's not fully trained. Just don't, but even like before he's broken, the way he holds his hands and stuff, like he looks awkward. It's great. Like it doesn't, like, and I love as they're walking and he's like, I don't know the rules. Do you know the rules? You don't know anything? What the fuck? <laughs> That's it. It's the easiness. It's like the little touches. Like one of the first couple of times he's in uh, Miyagi's workshop, he backs out of the door and he hits the wind chime and he just does this reaction to it. That's like, it's just, I was watching it going, he's just a natural. Like he, the, the way he's in the space is totally real. Like it wasn't, there wasn't like you say, yeah, I get the physicality and the awkwardness, but the fluidity of him just as an actor to just be, I, I don't know. I was kind of blown away. From uh, him, Shu and, uh, and Miyagi, like none of them have uh, a false moment in the moment, in the movie, yeah. like the, you know, all the other Cobra Kai people, like they're playing the, a bit of an arch villain, but even some of them have some nuance. Like the guy that get that, is forced to be disqualified. He's oh. like, the first thing he does is apologize as soon as he does it. Um, you know, and even like um, Tommy is the main bad guy, right? No, that's Johnny. Johnny. Johnny's Johnny. Johnny. I knew it was a Y. Uh, he's uh, he, like, when he says attack the leg, he's just like, that's fucking. Yeah. I love yeah. that. He's that just moment. like, that's fucking low, dude. Is there yeah. really? But it's like, he's not going to say no to Nazi. Nazi. They're all, this is this was the thing I kept getting all the way through. It's like you've got a bunch of blonde Nazis, and then you've got the brown people over here. Technically, Vietnam Nazis, <laughs> Vietnam hero Nazis. It was it was it was fabulous. It was like mm, there's there's some very very blonde bad people over here. Well, I mean, Miss, Miss, it is L.A. Mrs. Larusso really? says that basically the whole world has gone blonde. Because they go from Jersey to LA and it's like, everybody's blonde here. So and when she's pumping in for information about, does he have a girlfriend? We're in that restaurant uh, across the street from Cobra Kai, uh, the, the dojo. And she's, she's that, that's basically what they're talking about is all yeah. the blonde people in California. Um, yeah. Just like those little touches, which I thought were great. Um, but getting back to the introduction of the, like the, the character, the main, the, the antagonists, when they pulled up on their motorbikes at the crest of that hill, and it was like a bad beer commercial, though. Like, woo! Yeah, we just went off-roading, and now we're so badass. Not me. T- 
tomorrow at 8 a.m., I'm a senior. I got to get my life together. And it was just so, that's what I talk about in terms of like, okay, yeah. the 80s sort of moments. Like, woo, yeah, yeah, high-fiving yeah. each other. And you go, hey, man, look right. Your girlfriend's with another guy. Let's go beat him. And that <laughs> part, I love it because it's just so, everything else is so grounded. And these Except guys, for that. Yeah, they're so cartoonish. Yeah. But then there's a shift partway through the movie where it gets they become really frightening because at that bit, they're like kind of buffoonish and they're kind of like, okay, they're bullies, but it's the Halloween dance. Yeah. When they're chasing. Yeah. You get sad. Yeah. Gets real. Well, especially the way they're made, the way they're made up. It's like, it's not only that, you know, they're going to hurt him. Yeah. Really hurt him. And that moment where Miyagi jumps down, uh, Pat Morita jumps down and saves him. And it's like, he just sort of appears out of nowhere. Like it, it gave me chills because it was it was scary and it was kind of like a relief that Daniel, yes, he got beat up, but he wasn't gonna die. And he's looking there and he's got this guardian angel who's just sort of appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. And the, the whole tone of the movie just sort of pivots on that point, and it becomes something else, which yeah. is what I loved about it too. And it's fa- yeah. it was, it was fascinating because of that one moment again, not not the great British performance, but the one guy starts basically telling Johnny to stop. Yeah, but in a really in, a, in an aggressive way, like the way he does it is like enough. Stop, man. We'll be mud later. They had that. What, what I want to know the conversation they had when they left. <laughs> but what I loved about Miyagi too is just like how how slow he took it. Like he didn't offer to teach him right away. He helped them. Like it was a real slow burn in a way that you're they wouldn't do now. You know, the whole, like, yeah. this movie, this Oh, well, this is this. what my, my husband was joking. He's like, here come the, here's the montage. There's going to be three montages about them, like, doing all the karate stuff. And there just wasn't. We were like, what? The only real montage around that was the tournament. Like, him just yeah. blasting through people at yeah, the tournament. Yeah. No, all but the, uh, and that was, an uh, what, what a treasure trove, just like that. Here, do all my chores. My son got a ki- was killing that. He's he's like he's gonna go out to them the next day, and he's just gonna make him make him make him a lasagna or something. <laughs> uh, so good, and then but, but I was I was constantly just delighted and surprised and laughing. And then when he caught the fly, and Miyagi was just like pissed off. Genuinely, like, but just you know, you and there's two moments: the moment when you first meet him, he's trying to catch the fly, and then there, it's like you get the sense he's been trying to do this his entire life. And Daniel does it in the first try. And he's like, Stupid kid shows up. The way he puts it down, he's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. There's a great callback to it in the second movie is all I'm saying. <gasps> uh, okay. I'm, sorry, I'm so excited for that. And the three of us looked at each other after the movie and we were like, can we, can we watch Cobra Kai together? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, I will say though, it's like this movie would now be probably at least 20 minutes shorter. Uh, if nothing else for that, like the most boring opening credits for a movie like this possible. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, driving across the country. They would never, ever have that in, in like a remake of this. Right. It would, it would be, they'd probably start at the end and jump back or you'd start off with the Cobra Kai is just like in full on badass mode. Uh, something really aggressive. Right. Well, yeah. I, what I really liked about this movie in terms of that pacing was they did lay down a foundation yeah. of geography, uh, of yeah. time. You knew like, where you and, were. Yeah. And, and you know, starting off in New York and going across country and the whole idea that, because when they pull up to their place in Reseda, he's pissed. 
and, and you wonder how long he's been pissed for sitting in that car the whole way. The <laughs> and they're finally there and he's still pissed. So I, I loved the, the weight it gave to that. But not only that, like even with the training, when he had to do the chores and you're thinking, oh, you know, we're going to have a montage and they don't <laughs> do it. It sort of it adds credence or, or credibility to the fact that maybe he did learn enough to jump to this tournament instead of like a quick montage and now I'm fully trained and let's fight and I'm going to win. You see all the work he actually had to put into learning. And like Miyagi said, it's quality, not yeah. quantity. Yeah. I was and just, I I, I just going to quote that dedication too. to that. Yeah. Uh, and, but just everything like, and they make jokes out of it, but it's like, he's like, what belt did you have? He's like, Oh, JC Penny, three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. And it's like in, 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 you know, in Okinawa, it's like, you don't need, if you have a belt, you don't need a rope to hold up your pants yeah. and just making fun of the, the whole concept of a belt. It's like, I don't know, you know, and the way they steal one for him at the tournament is amazing. There were loads of good um, payoff moments like the fly and also, like, they've been cacking on about the pool all the way in the car. And the pool is just garbage. <laughs> yeah, that it's reveal was great, too. Garbage. So all those little bits were just really, like, from a storytelling perspective, incredibly satisfying. Yeah, like, for the kind of movie this is, it's way more nuanced yeah. than, than it needed to be. Yeah. You know, I was expecting, like, pretty cheap. I, I had set myself up. Like, the reason I think I loved it so much was because I had set myself up for like a pretty cheesy 80s style kids movie. Not kids movie, but like young adult movie. Totally. And I got something so much richer. Like my son just turned to me is like, how did you never see that? Like he was <laughs> he was offended by persuading <laughs> like, you, Dad. So like, how many times did you need to watch Back to the Future? You couldn't watch that once? <laughs> <laughs> Now, you, now you know my reaction to when you were like, oh, that's the one with the wax on, wax off. Well, that's and the quote I knew. And I go, oh, and I, I understand that. But it's yeah. like, oh, the movie's so much more than just yeah. that. And to hear it distilled down. But just that, that said, it is that too, right? It is like, it's like that simple philosophy of just like, you don't, and, and like you said, it's quality over quantity. It's like, these are the things you need to know. These are the, fun. for me, I'm like, I just, I, did, I saw the movements, but I also, I'm thinking, I'm like, that guy is building up his fucking arms. Yeah, like yeah. doing all that work, not sub, and just like oh, the little moments of humor. It's like done the fence. It's like both sides. It's like, yeah, oh, fuck. <laughs> still daylight, kid. You are not yeah. done. And even though that not up, down, left, right, like just the, yeah. <laughs> like all the just the gift that keeps on giving. And it's like it, it would have been so. Like, it, he could have been such a cartoon character, Miyagi, right? And 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 he just plays it with such this beautiful fine line. Of, I don't know who actually won the Oscar that year, but it's just so nice that he was nominated for it. Yeah, I, and I think when I speak of, you know, seeing finally like a, 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 a great representation of an Asian character who wasn't mystified. I mean, he, he came across originally as, myst, as mystical and very exotic, but that scene where he's, he's mourning the loss of his wife and his child just humanized him in a way that Asian characters had never ever portrayed no. before. Um, and it, it just, it's like all of a sudden he's like, he's, he's not just some mystical, uh, you know, sensei. Mm. He's a human being who suffered tremendous loss. He, he begrudgingly agrees to go with Daniel to, to Cobra Kai to confront Crease. Uh, uh, and he begrudgingly agrees to train him. And in a way, and you look at that, and then the, the relationship where they kind of, you know, when he gives Daniel the car, 
and he says, you know, the, you're the best friend I ever had. Mm. And he, he, he says, you're pretty okay too. Um, I, I just, it's like, it's, it makes me teary. Yeah. They see each other in that way because Daniel fills that role of the son that Miyagi lost and he was never able exactly. to pass on what he learned from his father. And now he's got a surrogate. Yeah. And, and Daniel doesn't, we don't know it. We don't know the story of Daniel's father, right? No, he just isn't there. And the other thing that I found really interesting and kind of neat was the fact that Kreese and Miyagi were both in the war. And who's the good guy? The Japanese guy. It was like, ooh, the fact that he's sitting there in his uniform and he's having his anniversary drink and he's the good guy with the medals. Um, the feeding feeding the- a child alcohol, I will. I will. <laughs> okay, gonna, I'm sorry, you're talking to a British person, so like that didn't. Like, oh no, that didn't even was not even a blip. Um, but like, my, my son just looked at that. He's like, he's like, he's not going to be able to handle that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, out of the mouths of babes. Just, I just love the fact that the good soldier was was the the, the Japanese guy who fought for the states. Like he that was like very cool. In that scene where where they go to the dojo. Like he's full on verbally assaulting an adult. So he's gross. like, "We're gonna kick your ass." When was it's like, "What are you? What are you doing right now? What is happening? You're an adult." Yeah, that was the eighties, right? You know, again, they never they never mentioned that these guys were bullies either. Right? Like what these? It's like it's five to one for God's sake. Yeah, how are these it's fucking people allowed cool. in tournaments? Yeah, yeah, and their behavior in the tournaments as well. Yeah. Was it like, strike the, strike the first? And the, yeah, it's straight like first, first like hard. hard, no surrender, no mercy. It's just like it's that's the one thing where it's like, if if you know, I give this movie like a nine out of ten because of that. Because it felt like because looking how nuanced the rest of the film was and the filmmakers were, it's just like it felt like that was the the one downside of the movie where it's just if it, that would have been like a, as nuanced as the rest of it, it would have been a ten out of ten for me. Do you mean do you mean the Cobra Kai guys being less cartoon? Yeah. Right. Well, just a bit, they're a bit like tropey. Two-dimensional, yeah. Yeah, a bit, just flat. It's like they didn't really have, except, and then at the very end, he's like, you're pretty cool, you're okay. He's like, thanks. <laughs> it feels so forced. You proved yourself by kicking me in the face. Right in the face. Oh, God, my son, my son loved that. He was just yeah. like, ah! My son jumped up and like the whole way, just running up to bed, he's like, he was trying to do the crane. I'm like, you don't have the, like, you don't have any of these skills. <laughs> Fine, you're good. He, he, like millions of others who watch the movie, suddenly believe they can. And it's I true. know, like, when I, after I was 12 years old, when I saw that movie, and I, everybody who saw it, everybody's using the crane, crane technique, right? Thinking that they can, they can master it and kick somebody in the face. I love how simple it was. I love how, and I love that they didn't set that up in anywhere else in the movie. Yeah. It was just like, what is this? Like, he's doing this because my son was like, he's like, oh, he can't even stand on his foot. I'm like, oh, that's not what's happening. <laughs> but it, again, I, I knew as soon as he did it, I'm like, oh, he's actually he's getting kicked in the head. That's what you, I mean, you're saying about all the nuance. Like, it was so beautifully set up. Like, my husband was in the washroom when Miyagi was on the, the post in the beach. And he came in and, and we were laughing because he just, like, karate chopped the tops off the beer bottle. So we were just, like, catching him up. And then when he's learning to do, like, he's in the boat and he's learning to do, and we're like, oh, the crane, this is going to be important. This is going to be good. And at the end, you're just like, oh, he's going to kick him in the face. <laughs> it's, it's like such a great payoff. 
Even the beer bottles is like, how did you, how did you, how, how did you do that? He's like, I don't know, I've never done that before. <laughs> I laughed so hard. It's just like it was like the lightness of touch in those moments was so. It was so non eighties. It was like yeah, beautiful. like the humor of this is more like British and Canadian than it is American. It's very subtle. It's, it's very parts. dry. Yeah, very you know? dry. Um. Oh, I loved, I loved so much of it. Yeah, it's just a shame. But even like, I mean, I give the Cobra Kai stuff a pass because it's the eighties. It's like, yeah, it's like that's what I, I was expecting that on every level of this movie. On every, right? yeah. yeah, and I was expecting like really bad Asian stereotypes. Uh, so the fact that it's this nuance, and thank God the director fought for that scene. Yeah, because uh, I can see why the producers would cut it, especially at that point in time in cinema. Where it's like, why do we need to give the uh, the quirky yeah. Asian guy, about a, a more nuance and definition. Yeah. That's for the white characters. Sad, but uh, yeah. No, but that's, that, <laughs> that was, was the, the feeling at the, that was a, that was the feeling at the time. Never, this movie really sort of stood out on, on so many levels for me as well. Right. Is that it, he was a human being like something that simple. Well, that's just it. And, and, that. and at the time, the director, I'm sure, wasn't thinking, oh, he's going to get an Oscar nomination mm-hmm. if we keep that scene in. No, he's just doing it because it's great for the character. Yeah. You know? Uh, and they originally didn't want Pat Narita in that. Really? Because Who? he was a comedian. He was a stand-up. And they were like, well, we somebody who's oh, not going to be funny. Uh, they wanted somebody. Uh, Toshira, I heard Toshira Mifune actually auditioned for the part. That, I would love to see that audition tape. And oh uh, they God. said... They didn't pick him because they thought he would be too, oh, uh, like he was too much like all of his other characters in the Kurosawa films. Yeah, they didn't want that. Just too harsh. Well, that's I mean that's the beauty of of um, of, of Mufuni though. It's like not Mufuni, sorry, um, Moretti uh, is because he he feels like a human being. Yeah, where everything is just like fishing. We know fishing and karate and yeah. uh, bonsai, and you know, and it's and, and these are, I'm just a human being, like we don't have belts, we don't have like, he felt like a regular human being where if we put Mifuni in there Mifuni is a fucking tank, you know he's a general, <laughs> like that guy just especially with the weight of who he was coming into it, if you know anything about Japanese cinema, you know this guy's a titan, and to have him be like the fucking guy that fixes faucets right, I don't, I don't even know if I buy that, where I buy Pat Mari- Mariotti is this guy who Whatever his backstory, Moriarty. He's, he's doing Moriarty? his best, Paul. It's fine. Marita. 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 <laughs> I'm so. Well, you you weren't. You're not quite old enough for Happy Days. That's why you don't know this guy. Uh, Arnold <laughs> Lane. Happy Days. Well, and that's the other thing. I, I, there's another reason why I have an affinity to this film because at this point in my life and in my career, I'm being compared to Pat Morita a lot. I'm, how do you I feel about that? Well, yeah. How did that Carl Weathers moment go? Okay. So here's the thing. I'm shooting Mandalorian, uh, and it's my first day on set, and I'm in my wardrobe, and I've got this huge black cloak over me because they hide your costumes because there are cameras everywhere, apparently on the rooftops. And Shut we're up. shooting a location, uh, which is the back lot uh, at Manhattan Beach Studios. And um, it's outdoors because the town of Navarro is an outdoor set, and it's gigantic. Um, and so we're there, and it's lunch. And Pat, uh, Pat uh, Carl, he's directing the episode. And, you know, I line up, I'm getting my lunch, and, and it's being catered, and I've got my tray. And there are all these tables set up under this tent. I got to ask, what do they serve for lunch on Mandalorian? That's what I, that's, <laughs> these, these are the questions I have as a filmmaker. I want to know what's that buffet look like. It was like, uh, it, it had a lot of uh, southern, like, Mexican flavor to it, right? So nice. it was like a, a charred sea bass 
type thing. There were beans, there were lots of vegetables, um, but it, it had a really sour, like, like a Mexican sort of flavor to it, like a twist to it. Like that was the influence. Love it. it. Yeah. Well, Favreau is such a food guy, right? So I was oh, yeah. curious in particular. I'm like, that, that, there's no way that is not going to be a well-catered production. Yeah. All right. Can continue now, now that I know. <laughs> and I notice all the crew, the crew is just leave. Like I, I see him, Carl sitting there at a table all by himself. And everybody's just sort of going off. And I'm standing there and I go, you know what? He's going to be directing me. We're going to be doing a scene together. I'm going to go over. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to have lunch with Carl Weathers. Holy so I shit. walk up and he's eating his food and he's directing it. And he's thinking, obviously he's, he's like thinking about something. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's thinking about what they're going to shoot later on that afternoon. And, uh, you know, I clear my throat and I say, excuse me, um, can I join you for lunch? Uh, and he, he looks at me and he's chewing his food and looks up at me. And I think, oh, my God, I've made a horrible mistake. I should never have bothered him. And he does something really cool. He kicks out the chair that's across from him on my side. He kicks it out. So it scooches out as if he's that's how he's invited me to sit down. He kicks the chair open for me to sit in. I go, oh, that's so fucking cool. So I'm like, <laughs> yes, I'm going to have lunch. And I'm halfway down when he says, just as long as you don't expect a conversation. And I, I kind of half pause. I thought, fuck, shouldn't have gone. Shouldn't have been halfway down. And I was oh, like, nope, too late. So I sat committed. down. What's that? You committed to sitting. Yeah, totally committed. So I'm sitting down and I, in my mind, immediately I said, I'm not going to say another word to him. I said, that's fair. I'm just going to eat my lunch, be really polite, keep my mouth shut while I'm chewing my food. And then I'm just going to leave. And um, so we're eating in silence for a bit. And he's looking at me. And I'm feeling like a bug under a glass. Uh, and he says, whose friend are you again? <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm friends with Dave Filoni. He's like, ah, okay. Uh, and then the science, he still looked at me. He says, where are you from? I said, uh, I, I, my heritage is Korean, but I, I, I'm from Toronto. I'm Canadian. He says, hmm, you look like an old friend of mine. You ever heard of a guy named Pat Morita? Sure. Yes, I have. And so like that's we, we kind of had this little conversation. And you're like, Pat Moriarty, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and how Pat was like, he's, he was a very, you know, he's a lovely man, a wonderful man. And, uh, you know, God rest his soul type thing. And it was really kind of cool. And I thought, wow, okay, cool, cool. Because um, uh, he said, it's your eyes. There's something in your eyes that's very kind, like my, my friend Pat. And I thought, okay, okay. Um, but that, that's my Carl Weathers sort of like my first meeting with him. He, he said that I, he rem, I reminded him of Pat Morita. I will say I a huge compliment. And he's not wrong. And it is the eyes. Like, that's the kind of thing when I'm watching it too. I'm just like, I can see, cause I remember you said that, but even without it, I'd be like, it's hard not to draw a comparison because it is like, it's same. It, and it's like, but it's also, there's um, a, a charm and there's just this humanness that you bring to what you do that he has, that there's a, it's a huge correlation. And it's not just, you know, the fact that you can do the accent and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's, it's the humanity that you right. bring to a character that doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, on the page think you would need humanity. Right. You know, you, yeah. that it could easily well, just be you. a trope kind of thing. No, but it's so I, I can say, I can see that. I was just going to go with the accent thing. You know, we, sure. both, we, we both do the fake, you know, we, we both put on I an accent. I was thinking of the accent right. thing because I was getting, I, I, said, I said to my husband, where's, Pat Morita was like born in the States, right? And he was like, he calls his phone the Googler now and he's like desperately looking it up on the Google and he's like, yeah, yeah, he's born in California. And I was like, 
because I remember Paul saying you had problems, like people were were giving you shit for uh, Kim's convenience for the accident. And I was like wondering, like, if Paul Morita had like shit from people for doing the accident and like what the that was like when you you don't have that accident yeah. in real life, but obviously that's your heritage, so that's what you're drawing on. I was just thinking about it during the movie because yeah. like you, I mean, I didn't know he was a stand-up comedian, but I did. I, I somewhere in the back of my head, I knew he was he was like from this. He was like born in the states and everything. Yeah, uh, well, uh, that's the thing. In the '80s, nobody really cared. No, I know. Right? It, it wasn't. It didn't have the same. Until five, like not even five years ago, nobody cared. It's yeah. only been like the last couple of years where people have been. Well, if you're not actually that, you shouldn't be playing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how many How many Oscars have been won by people that are not the thing that they won the Oscar playing? True enough. You know, and now you now you, they don't let you get away with it anymore. And it's and it's a double edged sword in some capacities, I'm sure, because it's also it's like you want to cast the best act. It's also you are an actor. Nobody, you know, they didn't cast, they didn't find Jedi's for exactly. Star Wars. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, you don't have to be a cop to play a cop type thing. It's <clears> like where where do we where do those lines? That's just it. It's like it's one of those things where it's like, and and I and you know I'm a cis white male. I can't make any kind of comments, but it's you know it's the kind of thing where it's just like you've got to make certain exceptions based on the availability of certain talent and the level of certain talent. And it's like, there's no just fine. There's no finite rule or line in the sand you can draw. It's like, it's gotta be a case by case basis every time. And all we can do is do better than the generation yeah. before us did. I think. And you're absolutely right. I think it is about that sensitivity to even as performers. I mean, I, I had this role that was, they wanted me to put myself on tape for and the character, it really, really well written, very, like, it's a lovely script, very funny, but the character was gay that they wanted me to, to play. And at this day and age, it's like, I can't, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel comfortable auditioning for that because I'm not gay. And the character in the, in the, it's not like, oh, by the way, the character's gay. The character in the play, in the play, in, the, in, the, in that pilot was gay. And it, it played a large part of their character. And I didn't want, you know, you, you hear of yellow face and black face. Well, there's mm -hmm. gay face too. And I did not feel comfortable taking an opportunity away from a gay actor who could probably just crush it themselves. Um, and so it was just like, I, I, you know, I, that's where I had to draw the line and say, I didn't feel comfortable doing that. I did um, the same thing with a writer's gig. I got invited to a writer's room and the premise was, it was a black drag queen and his white girlfriend and there were already two straight white people in the writer's room and I was like this is not for me I'm really flattered that you're asking me but can I can I introduce you to some of my friends who would be better suited for this gig to and round this out a bit a little bit a little bit yeah. so yeah it's yeah. like I think as it's like it's I think I, I think me and Paul have definitely both at an age where it's like you you get the choice you you have the balls to say you know what this isn't for me and I please t give it to somebody else I don't yeah. I don't need it and I that like I definitely this is not the right thing for me yeah yeah um I had something that I totally forgot what it was how about that soundtrack. Oh, is the music not wonderful? You're the best. Plus, <laughs> the fashion made me very nostalgic. Yes, <laughs> but the, that "You're the Best" song was actually supposed to be used for Rocky Three, but 
but they it, actually they they end up using by the tiger instead. But for if you listen to the lyrics, it's like history repeats itself, and and this is so it's so funny because I actually have that song uh, in I, I've got a playlist for for workout music. And you're the best is one of it because you start with it just so you like to pump yourself up. <laughs> it, it's it's in the near the beginning, so I can I can ramp myself up. To it. Um, and sing on and waxing off as you warm up. Or? No, although I do I do the up down up down, so I can get the the cardio going a little bit better. Yeah, you got to warm up. Uh, yeah, uh, but it, yeah, that, I think that's that's a, a really great sort of little bit because you know, Rocky Three was in like '82. And this song was kind of unused until they use it for Karate Kid. And it's, it's catchy, but if you listen to the lyrics, it doesn't fit the situation at all. <laughs> it's kind of a weird choice. The only thing that makes sense is because it doesn't, she, like Elizabeth Shue says, you're the best, and then it launches into the song, right? That's the, oh, that's yeah. the tenuous link. It's, it's thin. It's, oh, that's what I mean. But then after, once it gets in and going, you're like, this is, again, a weird choice for a montage song for this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm... <laughs> But I just loved how the karate played. Like it didn't like it didn't feel overly choreographed. It felt like real kids fighting at a you know at a pretty sophisticated level. Yeah. But Daniel didn't have any of those moves. And just like like we were saying, like the quote earlier, it's like it's it's the quality of your moves, not the quantity of them. Yeah. And and how fancy they are. It's like you don't need these fancy moves from this fancy dojo to to win. Yeah. yeah. Uh the guy that played um, uh, who was uh, one of the semifinalists who did a lot of those spinning kicks against Johnny. Oh, yeah. uh, he was actually, he doubled for Miyagi uh, on the, on the poles when you, the, the crane kick. That was actually oh, yeah. him. Oh. Doing that. that was actually him. Very that was cool. pretty thing. And I think he had a hand in helping to choreograph some of the fights. He did. Yeah. I saw that. He was one of Chuck Norris's guys. Yeah. Well, the, the referee for sure. The guy with the mustache. He was just like, you know, on guard. Warning for you, LaRusso. If you run out of the ring one more time, this is going to cost you a point. Like he was totally, you could see, they, they were totally from that era, right? With the mustache yeah. and, the, and the build and, and uh, the way they carried themselves. Um, I heard a rumor too, I think Chuck Norris, they wanted the offer of Chuck Norris, the, the role that John Kreese, of John Creasy, um, the, the Cobra Kai dojo sensei. Yeah. He probably read it and he's like, I'm just no fucking way I'm playing this ass. <laughs> like, this <laughs> unredeemable yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> Didn't stop you and enter the dragon, though, did it, Chuck? Did it? He so, got to play with Bruce Lee, though, to be fair. Yeah. To be fair. That was a different, different, uh, Whole different, different deal. Choice, different <laughs> choice to make there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I just really, really. Uh, I, this was I was not expecting to walk out of this movie uh, on such a high as I'm I'm feeling from it. It's uh, it makes me even more excited to know that you know everyone's excited about Cobra Kai, so I'm, I'm pumped to to dive into that. Uh, I think I'll definitely try to seek out two before I watch it, though. Yeah, yeah, I want to. And then I'll try to watch three before I watch season two. Maybe I'll I'll do it that way. I watch it's kind of tough to watch. Three, it's hard to watch. I'm okay. okay. I'm I'm okay going into it, okay. knowing that it's like as long as I, I have a sense of it going into it. I'm like I will uh, just lower your expectations, Jeremy. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I loved what I loved about Karate Kid as well was the absolute mortifying moments with Daniel and his mom, like when he goes oh, on a date. With, with no, Alex, listen. I, I have, 
I have to say, as the scholarship girl in the private school, those bits I held my breath. <laughs> when your dad turns up in the car where my dad had a, an old Spitfire, where if you brake too hard, the passenger seat went straight into the dashboard. Oh, wow. And, of course, my dad used to love doing the handbrake skids on my very rich friends in and out gravel drives. And I nearly went through the windscreen when he, he was dropping me off at a party one time. And I was just... I was A, mortified that the car was kind of battered, B, mortified that my dad was pissing around, spraying the gravel at my friend's house, and C, that I nearly went through the windscreen when he did his little handbrake turn. It just, all those bits, like the pushing the car. Your dad's like, amazing. Your dad's it, amazing. My dad is, that is a correct fact. My dad is great. But as a kid who's very aware that she's in the hand-knitted sweater, not the school uniform, I, I just like those moments where where she they have to push the car and she's got to jump the car. I was just like, oh, it's too real. It's too real. And the the parents are judging you. The parents are judging you. Yeah. But it's but I love how Shu just doesn't miss a beat. She's like, yeah, I'm in. Like, what do you? She doesn't play it like, oh, what do I do? Like, again, no, you could have so easily cast her as like a way like yeah, more the picturesque. Same with the, tra- the translation thing, and also with the stealing of the black belt. Every time she's like doing it. Yeah, I know what's happening. We're in. She's like cool. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But she's not like it's not like she's doing it to like rebel against her parents or something. She's like just she's joining in. She just she just she says yes to things, which is great. Well, and she sees him as like something more authentic than what she's surrounded by. Mm-hmm. Did did the dad not remind you of Fred Willard in the audition for Waiting for Guffman when the, <laughs> they go to the dad's house and he's wearing that like that's terror they're wearing like Back basically mat- matching tracksuit <laughs> and i was like oh my god they're gonna they, it's it's fred willard this is amazing i think he even what? had the towel inside <laughs> the, the, the zip right amazing <laughs> when they were at the country club and he was dancing with elizabeth shoe my son's like who's that creepy guy with her he was not okay with anyone else being near elizabeth shoe the entire Very good. appropriate his, his comments i wrote down some of the comments my son made that was that one he made a comment when uh, his mom and him were at the restaurant. And she's asking about his like dating life. He's like, "Jesus, personal much?" <laughs> <laughs> that and there was a oh. moment where Daniel had like I think like army fatigue pants and a plaid shirt, and he's like, "Come on, guy, pattern on a pattern." Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> when did he turn twenty five again? <laughs> My son. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> The pattern or pattern is something I taught him the other day. I was like, this doesn't work. But then, then he wore like uh, a plaid, like a, like a, a Hawaiian shirt with plaid pants. I'm like, this actually surprisingly works. You got a whole Joey Jeremiah thing going on. Right. Very good. That scene actually with the, the I fucking love that scene. The mom, him and the mom in the, the, the restaurant. And you've got that whole scene playing out in the background of the Cobra Kai assholes. Yeah. But also his mom walks off to do whatever she's got to do. And he's still talking about Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. That bit just killed me. And he's like, yeah, she's really smart. She's beautiful. Like it's just, himself and i'm just that's what i mean about him being so natural about i can totally believe that was an improvised scene because he's just talking it's so beautiful and that was one of the scenes where i'm sitting there going why was this guy not like a major movie star right you know for longer like he felt like he hit his stride with this and then he's coasted along and and, you know and done bit parts and then he's been working the entire time so good at 22 yeah but i think he was being really selective to be honest if, if he had just taken anything that came his way, he could have done a ton of teen films or whatever. Yep. Like those launchy, he could have done all that. But I honestly think 
he sort of went, no, I'm not going to put my name on this. I'm not going to be, you know, he, because the stuff. That I got I karate seen, kid money. I'm free. Exactly. <laughs> I got my car. So. I can always sell, I can always sell the car. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, yeah. he was in Karate Kid 3. So I guess, <laughs> but I, I think that was a contractual thing. To be right. It, that may have been like being on an option. He may not have had a choice. Exactly. But the, the quality of the work that he has been in has been very good. Like, I, I don't remember, really remember him being in anything that's really totally stinky except for Karate Kid 3. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, you kind of go, yeah, my cousin Vinny, he was great in that. He was great in... Uh, I have to go back and watch that now because, of course, having not seen Karate Kid, right. I, need, I need to go back and watch that. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. Well, any, so what are your f- f- uh, final thoughts, Marilla? For me, it was an absolute delight. My family were not into it. They were like, fine, we'll watch it with you. And, but they were all super engaged by the end. And the fact that it ended with him being totally broken and like everyone's cheering, he's like, yeah, I guess. And then it's done. I was like, what? I want more of this. And, and I want to go back and what I, this is a movie that when I've, you know, you know, when you've seen a great movie, you're like, I'm watching that again. Yeah, same. I'm like, I why have I not watched this ten times already? My son yeah. wants to watch it tomorrow morning. He's yeah, hundred like, percent. He's like, thank God this is on Netflix. And I love that it's like it doesn't even end on that big wide shot of him. I love that it ends on Miyagi. Yeah, beautiful. With you know the classic '80s freeze frame. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really happy you guys saw it and enjoyed it. Oh, and, uh, it, it's great to see people discover this film too because it does get written off by a lot of folks just if you like, here, i'm gonna go on the record if you don't like the original karate kid you're dead inside yeah you're a massive dickhead you're just dead inside yeah. it's like it's like there's not much you can say it's like it, it, it you know in terms of the stuff that doesn't hold up compared yeah. to a lot of movies of this era it's very small what's not to like that's just it again dead inside you're just like you don't like fun you don't like fun and heart. Because you said, Paul, you said this movie's got a lot of heart. And then the crying scene, I was like, God damn you. Yeah. So yeah, this, this movie uh, continually subverted my expectations. Yes. Um, so, uh, and that's that's a sign of, of, of great, uh, just great storytelling. And, and uh, yeah, kudos all around. So thank you, Paul, for... Thank uh, you. For uh, suggesting this. And... Uh, Oh, it wasn't me. I can't remember whoever did. No, it was on your wall. And I was like, oh my God, I've seen this movie now in the last two weeks, at least three or four times because it's been on TV. Yeah. And it's been, and I, it was great because I, I wanted uh, a reason because I got it in 4K uh, on a physical disc and I wanted to see the transfer and stuff. And I've got a 4K TV upstairs. So um, it was great to, to just have an excuse to pop that disc out and watch it because I've seen it on TV. Again, I said it was on Hollywood suites, the, that whole series of channels yeah. on repeat for, uh, you know, one to three was on a loop and I've seen bits of it and I watched it all over again and to just sort of sit down and watch it again was great. Nice. How was the transfer? It was really good. Very good. Very good. It's not like a super video-y, but uh, the, the, the picture has been cleaned up a bit, but it's still, it still looks like film, which is great. That's what I love. And um, yeah, the sound 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 was improved as well too, which is, is nice. They they cleaned that up, and little things that you can hear in the background now that I never quite noticed before. But uh, oh, it's my dog. <laughs> I, Hi, buddy. 
Oh, oh he's just going to oh, flop. He's, he's, he's going to flop on the couch. He's like, you've been talking for an hour, fool. It's my time. <laughs> Are you stressed? You're yawning. Mine's snoring somewhere. Oh. He's like, just let me pee before we go to bed, okay, Dad? That's all he needs. <laughs> does, well, does he get up for the two o'clock in the morning poo? No, oh, he's come good. Come on. Yeah. We're we're very lucky. Ours, uh, your dog's name's Roderick, right? Podrick. Podrick. I knew he was was in that film. Uh, No, our guy, he's good. I usually, if he's down here, passed out with me on his bed, I'll let him out before we go upstairs, and and then he'll hobble upstairs on his own time. He's got some leg things where it's just if he's been sitting a long time, he just needs to do his little doggy yoga. Yeah. And then and then he'll do that. This is downward and upward, and then he's good to go. Sometimes I give him a little massage. Before we go for a walk to help speed I, it up I used a little to, bit. I genuinely used to Reiki my dogs. Oh. It really helped. I bet they loved it too. Oh, they love yeah. the cat cats love it also because you don't even have to touch the cat and they're like, Brruh! oh crazy. They can yeah. feel it. Yeah, the back the back legs of my if I just do the right rubbing thing, I'm the only one that can do it properly. No one everyone else tries my family. When I do he just melts into it. He's like, Yes. Oh, oh, this is the stuff. And then I ignore him for the rest of the day. But when I do that, it's like that's that's the moment he and I can. And then it's not that I ignore him. I'm like he and I respect our space. <laughs> it's like he doesn't need me to like coddle him. I don't need like, you know, him just for my amusement. We're good. We respect <laughs> each other. We were. He comes over. He sits beside me. We're we're just cool with each other. Nice. You the, the Miyagi. Yeah. yeah. Fix up your dog. <laughs> yeah, that's I do the Miyagi on my dog. It's yeah. true. I do do that. And, I, I, and so I'll, I'll say that as my final one. I love that moment. I love that it's like there was this balance between the two where Miyagi was just like, you don't need to win. It's not about winning or losing. It's about showing. And, and then he's like, he's like, yeah, but it's like you be. And then he throws the balance back at him. He's like, yes, but this is about balance for me. And it's like, and if I don't go out there and at least like try, uh, I don't, I've lost the balance. Like these people set up it the was, sabotage. It was the, res- the, the mutual respect between Miyagi and Daniel. They listen to each other. Like that that bit at the end was beautiful. It was like, he's like, okay, then we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. His magic hand touch. <laughs> I've had a good massage. I know when you get that warm hand on you in the right way, it's like, whoo, <laughs> whatever, whatever, I don't, whatever you're charging. I don't care. I don't care. Right. Take my money. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Thanks both of you for for taking the time out and uh, and doing this. This is so much fun. I'm so glad I finally knocked this one off. My me my too. List. I'm 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 embarrassed. That, uh, <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself at 50 years old. This is disgusting. Yeah, my younger self is is cursing me, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> but then again, but I have the gift of watching it now, and then yeah. I got to share it with my son. So at least I didn't ruin my son's childhood. Yeah, well done, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks to both of you. Right, thanks Thank for you. Me. We'll do it again soon. Okay. Let's all go to the. Thanks for joining us for the Karate Kid. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter at Lon Jeremy and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.